Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 23rd, 2016. My name is Phil prosper I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We have a full show for you today talking all about Thursday's loss to the New York Knicks, helping you get ready for Friday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. And then one issue that is just on my mind and bugging me because I didn't want to talk about it, but the national media is making me talk about it. So I'll talk a little bit about the Jersey retirement that happened Thursday down in Miami. We can't avoid it. We gotta we gotta do it. I'm sorry. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about that as well and then do the recap of the game against the Knicks. But before we get going, I want to say a quick word from our pals at betdsi.com. If you love basketball and you're ready to get in on the action, betdsi.com is your place to be. They have over 20 years in the business, have a great basketball special going on right now. If you sign up today, you get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service, fast and easy payment on winnings, and hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC and other sporting events on there. Bowl season's going on. I'm sure you want to get in on that action too. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI.com. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promo code MAGIC10 and get your free wager and start winning today. And of course, please bet responsibly, especially this holiday season. Don't don't try and get greedy there going after that uh, that new gadget or Christmas gift uh, uh, as you're trying to shop last second uh, before the holidays. Let's dive right into it and talk a little bit about the Magic's loss to the New York Knicks, a 106-95 loss to the Knicks that frankly felt worse in the 11-point margin. Uh, this was a game that, as I said, you know, if, said on yesterday's show, if the Magic were not careful, if the Magic did not play focus, this was a game they could easily get picked off. And frankly, it's a testament to them that they didn't get beat by more, to be to, frankly, because the Magic just did not have a good effort at all. Offense was a little bit sluggish all night. Defense was very sluggish all night. Brandon Jennings had 12 assists in less than 25 minutes, I think. It was just getting into the paint at will, just kind of probing, moving around, getting the Magic to to get off their spots. Uh, sure, Bismack Biombo had some nice blocks. Uh, he played really strong. thought Evan Fournier played really strong. I thought Serge Ibaka had a strong second half. But it was just not a good effort from the Magic overall. There was just a, a lack of energy about them. It, it felt like this was a game where the Knicks didn't necessarily play their best game. Their starters did not dominate the game. Carmelo Anthony was kept largely in check. Kristaps Porzingis was a little bit of a problem, but not a huge problem. Derrick Rose was getting in, was was scoring a little bit, but they had him, uh, you know, pretty much contained for the most part too. The Knicks won this game with their bench, and the energy they got from Brandon Jennings and Kyle Quinn specifically was absolutely huge. Juan Hernan Gomez also, a, or not Juan, Willie Hernan Gomez, sorry, I got him confused with the other Hernan Gomez, his brother who torched the Magic when they played the Nuggets. 
just absolutely destroyed the Magic. You take a look at the stats here. Anthony, 5 for 17. Porzingis, 5 for 11. Derrick Rose, 7 for 16. You do that against the Knicks starters, you have a chance to win the game. The Magic's defense, I thought, had good energy early, and it slowly waned as they struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled. The bench, though, was killer. Kylo Quinn, 14 points, 16 rebounds in 24 minutes. Five block shots as well. Willie Hernan Gomez, 15 points off the bench. Brandon Jennings, 12 assists. Those were the killer stats for the Magic this game. The Knicks just torched Orlando with their ability to get into the paint, cause the defense to collapse, and then kick it out for three. They made nine of 20 three-pointers in the game. But the Magic's offense, which has been so strong for the last few weeks, struggled just as much and really just did not have the energy and the juice that they need to be successful. Um, like I'll, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but the Magic have such a small margin for error. And so when they don't play with energy, when they don't play together like they did on, on uh, Thursday... They fall apart. And so the Magic shoot 43.3%. And I do agree a little bit with Frank Vogel's assessment that the Magic just missed a lot of shots that they need to make. They executed pretty well, but did not hit open shots. And and I mean, I remember Stan Van Gundy saying this when he was with the Magic. He's like, look, shots are going to go in or shots are going are not going to go in. That, that, I can live with that. I, I don't, I, you know, he, he always said, I can live with shots not falling, but... You always give yourself a chance to win by redoubling on defense, by continuing to play the right way and, and, and get through the plays and run through the process. I mean, you hear the Spurs say this a lot, process over results. If you do things the right way, you will be more successful in the end and the results will take care of themselves because doing things the right way will lead to results, even if you're discouraged. What seemed to happen in this game is the Magic started missing shots, and they missed, missed a ton of them. And their focus and intensity on defense waned. And their focus and intensity on offense waned. We've seen this happen so many times. When the Magic struggle offensively, they get narrow-focused. And they stop passing the ball and moving the ball. And doing all the things they have to do to succeed uh, as, as an offense. That's just, that's just who they are and, and how they play. So... The Magic, though, you know, having said all this, and it was just a lifeless, just lack of energy, just, you know, some some dumb mistakes. Alfred Payton had six turnovers. You never see that from Alfred Payton. Just some some really dumb mistakes for the Magic this this game. Despite all that, they're down by 10 at the half. They cut the lead down to five early in the third quarter. It did look like they had the ability and the, and the capability to straighten things out and get back in the game and, and give themselves a chance to win the game. So why didn't they? That's... Kind of the big question, I think, left for the Magic after this game. Why couldn't they get everything together and win this game? And for whatever reason, the Knicks started making shots. They turned that 5-point deficit into a 17-point deficit for the Magic. And the Magic were done from there. They just just didn't have the energy to make another run. Um, Never really threatened the the Knicks after that. But uh, just a... Overall disappointing effort from the Magic, especially coming off such a such a strong emotional win over the Heat on on Tuesday. You know these aren't excuses, and they certainly aren't excuses. But you know the Magic had a, had had some playing problems coming out of Miami on Tuesday, so they got into New York really late Wednesday. And as they always say, a, a free night in New York, a, an off day in New York 
can be very dangerous. I'm not suggesting anything, but uh, certainly it seemed like the Magic got got bit by something because a lot of their shots were short and they they looked tired, which is not a good sign considering that they have to play another game Friday night against the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers coming off a disappointing loss to the Miami Heat on Thursday. If you saw it on TNT, we'll talk a little bit about something at that game in a little bit. Uh, But uh, they had a 19-point lead. It was actually their second straight game with a 19-point lead that they lost. And this Lakers team is very talented. They've got some interesting players. D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram are two guys that we're going to be watching pretty closely. But Julius Randle is not likely to be with the team. He flew back to Los Angeles uh, for the birth of his first, first son. Congratulations to him. Uh, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. is also out indefinitely with a, uh, I think, a bone bruise, I think is what they, is what they said. Uh, so the Lakers are down some key players uh, in this game. They're coming off a disappointing, disheartening loss, second in a row on this road trip, and this is the last game of a seven-game road trip. They haven't won a game on this road trip since they beat Philadelphia two weeks ago. So having said all that, this sets up really, really well for the Magic, but they've got to take advantage of it. We've seen this before. I've talked about it. There is such things as schedule losses. And a second night of a back-to-back to end a seven-game road trip with Christmas coming up and the Magic or and the Lakers playing a Christmas Day game against the Clippers at the Staples Center. They're the home team, not the road team that game. This has all the makings of a schedule loss for the Los Angeles Lakers. But... Of course, they could come out and play with fire and play like this is their last chance to make something of this road trip. Or they could come out and play tired. If the Magic want them to play tired, they got to put them away early. And, and Orlando is coming off their own trip coming down from New York, so things could get ugly. It could be, a, could be an ugly game, but if the Ma- I mean, the Lakers are not a strong defensive team at all. If Orlando can overwhelm them offensively, put up a little bit of a roadblock defensively and get up big early, which is something that you know maybe you can't trust this Magic team to do. If they can do that, they can secure a win. And this team needs a win like this, especially at home where they've really struggled and even struggled against some of the worst teams in the league. They, they lost to Phoenix. They struggled against New Orleans without Anthony Davis. They struggled against the Dallas Mavericks earlier in the year at home. This is, this is, this is a potential like makeup game for Thursday where they didn't play very well uh, and a potential dis- a win that they need to feel good heading into this little Christmas break they have. They'll play again Monday against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have a preview of that game on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. So an important game for the Magic, a game that, that I feel the Magic, you know, probably have to win. I mean, I mean, not that not that they must win, but it'd be nice to have this one. And frankly, it would be nice to see the Magic really put the thumb down on the Lakers early on. Not that it will be easy to do that, but the schedule is lined up for them to do that. And uh, Orlando can certainly uh, has the capability as they've shown offensively to do that, and, and has the capability defensively as they've shown to do that with some of the way some of the ways they've played. So we'll see what uh, the Magic come up with on Friday. That that tips off at seven o'clock. Last game before the holiday break, a uh, little two day break. They'll they'll practice actually Saturday on Christmas Eve before taking Christmas Day off, which can't claim them for that because it'll be fun Christmas Day in front of the TV watching basketball. But before we move on from this Knicks game, I, I did come up with an interesting observation, or I felt was at least an interesting observation, regarding the Orlando Magic in this game. And that is that we know, and I think Frank Vogel has said as much, that the Magic have a very small margin for error when it comes to 
uh, when it comes to playing these games. The Magic don't have the greatest offensive talent. We, we know this. I mean, yes, they're putting up some fa- fantastic offensive numbers, but it's a struggle. It's it's definitely a struggle, and, and there is likely to. It seems like there is likely to score 120 points as they are to score 80. And we've seen them get blown out at home by 30, uh, and their offense just look completely anemic. But having said that, the Magic can play very, very well, and they have played very, very well by following to what I think are some simple rules. And I think these are three things that the Magic broke against the New York Knicks. And it was a big reason why their effort looked lethargic and a big reason why it looked like the Magic just weren't there tonight. The first thing they... they I mean, making or missing shots is beside the point. I mean, they, they have spacing issues. They don't have a lot of three-point shooters... They can work around it. They've proved they can work around it. But first and foremost, the big thing the Magic have to do is play defense and limit teams to one shot. The Magic cannot afford to give up extra possessions because they've got to value every possession as a team that plays at a relatively slow pace among the teams in the league, at least by possessions per game. Obviously, pace has different meanings some places. Uh, But they have to limit possessions, and not give teams a second chance at buckets. That's, that's that's the hallmark of a good defense, in fact. And a lot of focus is put on rebounding. And with Nikola Vucevic as a rebounder, Bismack Biombo is a pretty good rebounder. The Magic should have the glass locked down. They play bigger than a lot of teams, so they should have the glass locked down. What happened on Thursday was they got beat on the offensive glass pretty bad. They gave up... 18 offensive rebounds for 23 second chance points. The Knicks just look quicker to react to the ball, quicker to get to boards. Uh, they were beating the Magic, and, and frankly, something that, that I'm annoyed with and have seen plenty of from this Magic team is poor box outs. The Magic didn't get a body on their man. They weren't physical at the point of, at the point of attack or at, at, at the shot, and they weren't making sure that the rebound was theirs, and the Knicks made them pay. And as they say, and not all of Nick New York's three-pointers came this way, but as coaches tell you from the time you are in middle school and high school all the way up, the best time to get a three-pointer is off an offensive rebound. When the defense is sucked in, they miss the rebound, and you can kick it back out to a shooter who's just standing there waiting as the defense cannot get back out in time. This is, I mean, the Magic's defense has been a problem, and this is something they've really struggled with. And so, when their offense then doesn't follow the next two rules, which I think are really important for this team, you get games like this, and you get games like Sunday when they lost to the Toronto Raptors. The second rule for the Magic is, as Frank Vogel said, to trust the pass. It's hard to measure passing because obviously assists are dependent on making shots. And so if you're not making shots, then you're not getting assists. That's that's the bottom line. When in, in Thursday's game, the Magic actually didn't do a terrible job getting chances at baskets. They had, according to NBA.com, they had 52 potential assists. And that can be a little bit of a misleading stat. I'll fully admit that. Uh, the Magic average around, I think, 45, 46, 47, 47 potential assists per game. So these are passes that turn into that could turn into assists potentially. Again, that doesn't tell you the quality of the pass or the quality of the offensive set. But this next number does, I think, say something. 
In Thursday's game, Orlando had only 284 passes. That's just passes. Just, I'm passing you the ball. That's one. You pass it back to me. That's two. Orlando as a team averages 307.4 per game. And again, the caveat being a, a raw statistic of how many passes you have does not necessarily tell you the quality of said pass or the quality of said offensive set. You can pass for a variety of reasons. But to see the team have that much fewer passes than their average also suggests something to me. Orlando had 21 assists in the game. And and I do agree with Vogel's point after the game that there was something to the Magic missed shots. They, They gave up some opportunities to make shots in this game. But I'll also note as well that the Magic weren't moving the ball well at all. It was a lot more isolation play a lot more kind of trying to figure things out on their own, trying to make things happen on their own, and that leads to breaking the third rule that the Magic have, and that is to keep their turnovers low. The Magic just were not good uh, Thursday with turnovers, and that's something they've been very good at this season. There's one thing you can say about the Magic's offense that's been good consistently is they do not turn the ball over very much. They don't make those mistakes. Even as they're trying to pick up the pace, even as they're scoring more points, they don't make too many mistakes. Orlando is 7th in the league this year with a 13.0% turnover rate. They're they're turning the ball over on 13% of their offensive possessions. Since December 6th, which is when the Magic's offense really kicked into high gear, the Magic lead the league with a 10.9% turnover rate. That is very, very good. I mean, you're leading the league. Obviously, it's very good. But Thursday was probably some of the laziest that the Magic could play defense or played offense and turn the ball over. They had had a 15.5 turnover rate, which isn't terrible, but isn't good either. 16 total turnovers in the game. But some of those turnovers were really bad. I joke on Twitter a lot about the Magic's problems inbounding the ball. What they did tonight inbounding the ball was absolutely unforgivable, inexcusable. There was one, one play where... Uh, the Magic inbounded the ball straight to Courtney Lee. He stole it. He was just kind of hiding in the weeds and picked off a lazy pass, made a floater. That made a five-point game a seven-point game. That's a huge difference. That was a huge swing. In fact, I think that was part of a run where the Knicks took the lead for good over the Magic in the first quarter. There was another play in the second quarter where Nikola Vucevic tried inbounding the ball to Alfred Payton. Brandon Jennings knocked it away, knocked it off of Vucevic before he could get inbounds again, and that was out of bounds. Those are two turnovers. Those are two possessions lost in the backcourt, not aggressive turnovers. It's Aggressive turnovers can be okay. Even some dead ball turnovers could be okay. But turnovers like that that are just simply careless mistakes are inexcusable, especially for a team with such a small margin for error. And you take in the Magic's poor passing, uh, their, their inability to get the ball moving, to get the defense moving, and, and having to force a lot of shots— and you take into account this this unusually bad turnover game for the Magic, and you get a 92.2 offensive rating and 95 points scored. And even though Orlando did some nice things to keep themselves in the game, that's clearly not enough to get the job done. And so, for me, the thing that the thing I took away from this game is the Magic have three rules that they've got to follow. They've got to limit possessions. They got to secure the defensive rebounds and limit possessions on the defensive end. Then on offense, they got to take care of the ball better and move the ball 
And, and and these are simple things. These are obviously like, duh, Philip. Of course, that's what they have to do. But it bears reminding sometimes that that's what the Magic have to do in order to be successful this year. Okay, I want to close the show out now with a something that I, I don't want to talk about. I do not want to talk about this. Uh, it's it. I, I didn't want to talk about this before. I didn't want to put anything on the site because I do not care what the Miami Heat do. But I'm being dragged in here. I feel like I've got a comment. I'm going to put a column up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com about it. Sorry, it's it's got to happen. I just got to get this off my chest. I was mad online about it because it's silly what's going on. So, last night, Thursday night, the Miami Heat retired Shaquille O'Neal's number 32 jersey. And I guess the shade started in the afternoon when TN, when the NBA on TNT's Twitter account tweeted a, an image of... Uh, shit, shoot, I got to pull this up. It, it, just, just to make sure I describe it correctly. Uh, so hold on one second while I search through my archives here and uh, pull this up. Here we go. Sorry, this is this is the magic of live pocket. Oh, they took it down. Oh, oh, NBA on TNT. They took it down. Unbelievable. This is the magic of of live podcasting, folks. I got to see if I can find this again. Anyways, the gist of it was it was a picture of you three pedestals with Shaq's achievements with the with the Magic, with the with the Heat, with the Lakers and with the Heat. And it had a picture of uh, of of Shaq's Lakers jersey and a picture of Shaq's Heat jersey with the caption, At Orlando Magic, what are you waiting for? And the shade did not stop there. Because during the broadcast of, of the game on Thursday, the Reggie Miller just went off on the magic saying you've got to retire his jersey in the Reggie Miller way that he did. I wasn't I didn't listen to it because I was watching the magic play. So I here it is. Your move it is it's it, it's it's an image of three they they divide the an image into three segments. One's blue with rookie of the year, four-time NBA All-Star, NBA scoring champ, Eastern Conference champion. Middle is purple with the O'Neal 34 jersey, three-time NBA champion, seven-time NBA All-Star, NBA MVP, three-time NBA Finals MVP, NBA scoring champion. Then on the right is O'Neal 32 in red, NBA champion, three-time NBA All-Star. Uh, and it says, your move at Orlando Magic, dot, dot, dot. That started this whole thing. Then on the broadcast of Thursday's game, Reggie Miller went in on the Magic saying, you got to retire his jersey. I-, I don't know what the exact quote was, but I find this whole debate very inane. How a team chooses to honor its legends is completely up to them. Many teams have this tradition of retiring jerseys. And I think the Magic are open to the idea of doing that. Right now, the only jersey that's retired is number six, the fans. And many other teams, yes, many other teams absolutely would have retired Shaquille O'Neal's jersey by now. The Magic have not, though. And they've been pretty consistent with their reasons why. Back in 2014, the Orlando Magic established the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame, which was meant to, uh, as, a cel- as the beginning of a continuing celebration of the team's history, this was their 25th anniversary, so they started off something to more permanently celebrate the team's history inside the Amway Center. If you go up to the Amway Center on the 
uh, terrace level. There's that little magic display. They got some nice memorabilia. Tell a little bit of the history of the team. They've got these pedestals uh, honoring the current Orlando Magic Hall of Fame members. There's only four at the moment. Nick Anderson, Pat Williams, Shaquille O'Neal, and Rich DeVos. Um, when the Magic announced that, they said, you know, we were beginning, we were thinking for our 25th anniversary of ways to honor our team's history, and we thought about retiring a jersey, and we, as an organization, came up with a criteria to determine who to, how to retire a, a player's jersey. And no players yet had met the criteria. So we decided that we would move forward with this idea to have a team Hall of Fame. Uh, and we would induct players who were meaningful to the, to, the, to the Magic into this team Hall of Fame. And slowly but surely, the Magic are going to be inducting players. Uh, they'll probably induct another player this year. Frankly, I think the next guy they'd like to induct is Penny Hardaway, but it's probably more about clearing up Penny's schedule so he can be in Orlando for the actual induction than anything else. You know, it wouldn't surprise me uh, uh, if they go if they find a way to go in another direction. Like, let's say Tracy McGrady makes the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see McGrady uh, go ahead and get the nod in honor of his Hall of Fame induction. Um, that, that, of course, will be... He was a, named a finalist. Uh, his first year of eligibility, he was named a finalist uh, for uh, nomination this year. So that will be announced at the the... the Actual nominees, the finalists for the nominees, will actually be announced on All-Star Weekend, and then the actual nominees will be announced at the Final Four, the NCAA Tournament Final Four. So the Magic essentially made this decision that we're going to induct players into this Hall of Fame rather than go through this process of retiring a jersey, saying no one will ever wear this number again. And... That's fine. That's their prerogative. They inducted Shaq two years ago. Uh, Shaq came to Orlando. He spoke to the media. He went out on the court uh, and was recognized by the fans. And that was that. And to me, that's enough. Yes, Shaquille O'Neal is on the Mount Rushmore of Orlando Orlando Magic Basketball. You can go back into the Locked On Magic archives to, uh, I think it's September... Uh, and I had a long podcast discussing Shaq's impact on the team, both positive and negative, on the night of his Hall of Fame induction. He made the Orlando Magic what they are. And yeah, if it were any other team, and certainly if the Magic did decide to start retiring jerseys, Shaquille O'Neal would be first in line. But the Magic don't retire jerseys. And it's their prerogative to say, you know, yes, a lot of teams do this, but we're not going to. We're going to reserve this for something else. Or we want the first person to get this honor to do something else. Because Shaq's legacy with Orlando is still very complicated. Time heals all wounds, mind you. And, you know, we we saw this magic moment and that opened up some fresh wounds and cleared the air a little bit and kind of put some things to bed as far as O'Neal's departure. But... There are still Magic fans who are upset with Shaquille O'Neal for leaving the team in a lurch like like he did. Regardless of the reasons, regardless of anything else, I mean, when you're a fan and someone leaves your team and leaves your city, it means something. And even though Shaq has still lived in Orlando, he's sometimes gone out of his way to criticize the Magic organization or, you know, I think people still hold it against him that he criticized Dwight Howard the way he did. 
Shaquille O'Neal isn't good, as far as I know, he is in good standing with, with the Magic. I mean, they brought him back in to have the Hall of Fame, and, and I know people, uh, you know, with, with who within the Magic organization or close to the Magic organization that were a little surprised that he even came back for that, for anything short of having his jersey retired. The Magic already had their ceremony to honor Shaquille O'Neal and honor him permanently in the building. I don't think they need to do another one. I don't think they need to hang a raft, hang some, hang a banner in the rafter for him, because at the end of the day, he spent only four. He spent, and you can say this about a lot of Magic players, to be frank, but he spent only four years in Orlando. He didn't win a championship. He won championships in LA. He won championships in Miami, and Orlando isn't willing right now to go through this honor, go through this ceremony, go through this process without having the ultimate prize sitting in their and their trophy case. This doesn't take away anything that Shaq did for the Magic. You know, if I were running the team, I probably would have retired his jersey already. If I were running the team, him and Penny would go in, would go up together because, I mean, that would probably tick him off, but so be it. I'd probably have, you know, I, I've, I've thought a lot about Nick Anderson. I'd probably have Nick Anderson's jersey hanging in the rafters as well. I think the issue with the Magic, though, is they don't want to just let anybody in, obviously. And, and Shaq isn't just anybody. He's on the Mount Rushmore of of uh, of Magic basketball. And, and of course, I, I would consider the Mount Rushmore of Magic basketball to be Shaq, Penny, T-Mac, Dwight. Those are the four best players in team history. I, I Frank, you know, we did a whole podcast, uh, we did a whole week of podcasts in July or August, I believe, ranking the top 25 players in Magic history. Um, those are the top four, period. I don't think you can I, I, I don't think you can debate them. However you want to rank order them, those are the top four. And all four of those guys deserve to have their jerseys retired if that's the direction the Magic want, want to go. I expect all four of them to be in the Magic Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. It's right now with the Magic and the Hall of Fame, it's more about Spacing them out so they can do one every year, but not run out of people. I think I think they're planning on doing one a year from now on. And that first year, they got kind of their founding fathers, so to speak. Nick Anderson, the first player. Pat Williams, the guy who literally brought the magic to Orlando. So, I get it. There's a cultural thing, and I, I kind of, if you, if you, you know, follow my personal account a little bit or you know me a little bit, I kind of rail against kind of cultural norms sometimes. This is this is a cultural thing within basketball that, oh, you do something great for a franchise for however long you do it, you get your jersey retired. The Magic do something else. They, they, they zig when others zag. They zag when others zig. The Magic do something else, and they've honored Shaquille O'Neal already and have paid their respects to one of their greatest players in a way that matters to them and and I think has resonated with fans. Because again, O'Neal doesn't... O'Neal still... I don't think the wounds have completely healed with, with O'Neal and the Magic. Uh, at least the Magic and, the, and their fans. Uh, they, there's still some, 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 some hard feelings. And, and I think most Magic fans would agree or a lot of Magic fans would agree, that yes, he deserves to have his jersey retired, but under the 
prerequisites the Magic have, they've they've honored him in, in, a, in a proper way and, and, and recognized his accomplishments in, in a way that befits them. Sorry, just had to get that off my chest. I'll probably do that again in a column on Friday or over the holidays, so that'll be nice and cheery for, for you. Uh, if you want to, go to OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily staff did a roundtable uh, talking about the Orlando Magic's Christmas list. We, we asked um, some hard-hitting questions like, what, what do the Orlando Magic want to get under the Christmas tree? What are they asking Santa for? Uh, what's their New Year's resolution? Who's getting coal on the Magic? And uh, which former Magic player uh, do you want to see home for the holidays, uh, so to speak? Uh, so we go check that out on orlandomagicdaily.com. Have a bunch of other great Magic content on there as well. For the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, uh, I got think that got got all the places. Down, download us there, uh, there all those wonderful places that you can download podcasts, uh, and you can also. Uh, now I'm losing my train of thought. You can also uh, give us a comment and let others know how great the Locked On Magic podcast is. Whew. Before closing out, I want to wish everyone a very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy. Uh, other holiday that probably is occurring this weekend because they all seem to be starting this weekend. It's weird. I think this is like the first time Hanukkah starting on Christmas in like 50 some odd years or something. So everyone enjoy the festivities this weekend. The magic are going to be off after Friday so we can all take a little bit of a break. Um, hopefully I can catch video of Mario Hazonia nutmegging uh, one of the coach's kids at the Christmas practice like I did last year. Um, that was fun. Uh, but otherwise... Have a very safe and happy holidays, even if you don't celebrate. Have a happy day this weekend. I will see you all on Monday for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Brosman Reich. Have a good one, everybody. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.